Hello, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators. If you like today's episode, please visit me at narctroopers.com, where you will find a collection of podcasts, um, articles that have been published on Medium, um, video blog, and uh, some merchandise. So take a peek, come by and visit me sometime, Trooper. Troopers.com. Today's topic has a kind of spicy title. It's called Slam Bam F You, (laughs) Ma'am. You know what that F stands for. When the best shag of your life turns out to be a narcissist. And you know, I'm aware that there are, um, the verdict is out on whether narcissists are really all that when it comes to their um, those kinds of interpersonal skills in the bedroom but um, you know what whatever it is you know whatever um, whatever kind of narcissist they are some of them certainly leverage their weapons of mass destruction that turn out to be weapons of mass seduction way more than others So let's talk about that. We're going to get serious for a second and talk about the cultural shift that could be the end of us all. Recent studies have indicated that young people in their 20s and 30s simply do not possess that same moral compass as previous generations. While all people are tempted to stray from time to time, they resist, and most manage to stay faithful to their partners till death do they part. Recent statistics, however, indicate that there is a relaxing of traditional monogamy and those kinds of partnerships. 14% of women have cheated on their significant other. 22% of men have cheated on theirs. 40% of online affairs turn into real-life ones. 4% of people living in the U.S. are polyamorous or participating in in some other form of open relationships like ethical non-monogamy, which I always think is a hoot and a holler. How can something that's so unethical be called ethical, like as if you call it that, it makes it okay? It's just rebranding something that is really um, sort of uh, not okay. Uh, 18%, in fact, have attempted some kind of this ethical non-monogamy at some point in their lives. You know, that's not for everybody. So here's what's changed. Here's what's changed. Women no longer need a man in order to survive financially, emotionally, not physically. Um, And so these days, there are many women who do not hesitate to step into the to the shoes of what men used to be like. Um, For just, well, they don't hesitate to just pick up temporary partners for a quick tumble in the hay before getting them an Uber and sending them on their way. What motivated people to stay with one mate back, you know, before now, before we 
lost the whole marriage is important kind of idea. Um, what what compelled people to pick a partner and then stay with them? Well, in the past, it was also done for survival. Uh, but this whole me generation has spawned a new group of people who do not believe in the sanctity of marriage or home, family, monogamy, none of that as their predecessors attempted to achieve. Now we hear young people espouse the following as they discuss relationships. They say, what best serves me is my mantra. What is best for my true authentic self is my guiding light. I don't need anyone for anything, so why not have some consensual fun? Um, I love me. I'm dating me. I'm in a relationship with me. Really? Is that, I mean, to some degree, I'm sure that, of course, that's healthy to love yourself and respect yourself and all of that, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking this new kind of idea that you can fly solo, just go out and have your sexual fun like recreation with no emotional investment, just recreation, relief, that kind of idea about it, and um, just not commit to one person. Never go deep for that intimacy, for that trust, for that long-term, lifelong partnership. You know, that's just not... um, a thing. They say, marriage, mortgage, babies, why would I do that? No thanks. And so what does that sound like to you? Kind of sounds to me like we are growing a culture that of narcissists. There's a reason why you hear that word all the time. There's some truth to the fact that they're growing at a rapid rate and they're infiltrating all levels of society. So what is it that just makes us human? Let's shift and pivot for a minute. What makes us human? In our current world, narcissism, sociopathy, and psychopathy, they're growing at an alarming rate, but it it does also exist on a spectrum with varying degrees of severity, ranging from just having some narcissistic tendencies to full-blown personality disorder in a malignant way. Regardless of the severity and the dysregulation and maladaptive behaviors, it's, it's growing um, at a rapid rate. And, um, and the, the consequence then with all these different contributing factors combined, it is creating a tsunami of psychopaths. <laughs> I like that. Tsunami of psychopaths. Has a good ring to it, doesn't it? Please use that when you're talking about them. Um, and I couldn't think of anything that went with narcissist in quite the same way. An inward, a nest of narcissist, perhaps. That's silly. Anyway, um, so yeah, a tsunami of psychopaths. Well, it is a disconcerting thought, but a true one, right? Worthy of some consideration. What, What is it exactly that makes us human? 
I used to have this conversation with my ex a lot. I would say, we are not animals. I am not an animal. You are not an animal. We are humans. We are, and he would say, we are animals. <laughs> I would say, no, we are evolved. We have things that animals don't have that aren't capable of having, you know, faith, uh, and, um, higher constructs of, of, uh, experiencing, um, you know, uh, things that animals cannot. <sighs> okay. So there are several qualities that, that comprise a humanity. Okay. So here's, here's the top ones. I think number one, humans have empathy and compassion for others. Now, granted an animal might have some like, Oh, my, my partner has been shot by a hunter. I'm feeling really feeling bad because they're hurting. I want to help them. They're sending off fear pheromones and they're moaning and howling and trembling and shaking and that's very upsetting to me but it's not the same with a human empathy and human compassion and all of that number two a human is supposed to feel shared intimacy be capable of fidelity and unconditional love without attaching conditions to it i'll love you if i'll love you until i will love you unless how about you just remove all those stipulations and and contingencies and just love people no matter what? Yeah, animals are not maybe capable of some of that. Number three, experiencing the world outside our ego. Ego is a human thing, I think, more than an animal thing for sure. And it is a huge thing for so many people. Number four, service to and sacrifice for others. The whole idea of serving each other um, is foreign to most animals. They have a hierarchy in the animal kingdom. The strong survive, the weak perish. If you're slow or injured, you get picked off and eaten by some predator. Well, as humans, we're supposed to help each other, serve them, make things safer, better, easier, Um and do that for each other. We don't, we're not supposed to prey on the weak. We're supposed to help the weak to survive because we're human, right? Uh, number five, the ability to stand in someone else's shoes. That's very close to empathy, but I wanted to put that in there. <laughs> number six, spirituality, faith, and forgiveness. These are human ideas, right? Spirituality, I don't, my, my cat, pretty sure, uh, she doesn't pray. Um, there may be kitty prayers. I don't know about pretty sure there's, she doesn't have some concept of a kitty God, um, or kitty angels or whatever. She's just here now without any concept of some divinity. That's a human thing. Number seven, remorse, guilt, contrition. All of those things are for humans, not so much animals. Number eight, accountability, 
culpability for one's actions or you assume responsibility. If you do some to, something to hurt someone, feel bad about it. It should hurt you to hurt them. And then apologize and try to make it right. You know, that that desire not to hurt other people is what stops a lot of people from doing bad things because they don't want to make someone else suffer because it would hurt them to hurt that other person. And so they just can't do it. It would cause them more pain than it would give them license to go out and, you know, have their fun or whatever. The suffering part would overshadow all of that and ruin it. If you're a regular person, but if you're an animal um, or a person with some kind of mental illness or, or um, personality disorder, then you, you can't do that. Um, so you have no accountability, culpability for your actions, none of that. Number nine, a sense of right and wrong, good and evil, having a moral compass. Yeah, moral compass. I don't think animals have a moral compass, but people are supposed to. Some people don't. Their compass is broken. They say things like, well, I don't believe in right or wrong or good and evil. I just do what I want to do when I want to do it. I don't think that's how that works. Number 10, bravery when afraid, humor when hurting. (laughs) I think I was struggling to come up with number 10. So I wanted to put something there. And uh, I haven't seen this one in anybody else's list. Because, you know, having a list is pretty popular when you're on these sites reading about things. You know, like the top five ways to do blah, blah, blah. Or the top 10 ways to achieve this, that, and the other. Uh, I haven't really heard people say that part of our humanity means that we summon some kind of fearlessness in the face of, of something scary and that we also have humor. Do animals have humor? Do they tell jokes? Do they laugh? I've seen smiling animals. Dogs smile, show their teeth sometimes. Manta rays always look like they're smiling. Um, I saw a picture of a turkey vulture or something the other day. It looked like a turtle. And it kind of had a little smile on his face, but I don't think that they get the humor, nor do I think that they're capable of that. So those are the things, in my opinion, that make us human and that distinguish us separately from being just an animal or a beast. Um, So with the narcissist, uh, let's talk about sex, because you know what? (laughs) Um sex is such a naughty subject that's so taboo like you don't talk about sex but we're going to talk about it because under the right circumstances it's a very normal healthy way for two people to show their love for one another and to respect each other and and to share each other in a way that's very intimate and brings joy and comfort to the other person And uh, that's not exactly what's happened, you know, with the narcissist, especially if you're a somatic narcissist. These are the ones who use their body um, and the act of sexual conquest to capture and control their mate. So once you have been ensnared and initiated into this, you are bound and you kind of lose your power in a sense. Think of all the animals who kill their sex partner after mating and then they eat them. 
many octopus, okay, I think it's octopi, right? Octopi, I should have looked that up, sorry guys. <laughs> many octopi um, practice sexual cannibalism by eating their partner, eating their partner as a meal, not as a, as like foreplay. <laughs> no, they eat them as a meal after copulating um they're not the only ones those crafty octopi um female praying mantises often kill their mates and a lot of different kinds of spiders are known to make a meal um out of their out of their mate a lot of male spiders just sort of offer themselves up after impregnating the female it's like okay we did the deed I have fertilized your egg. Okay, now time for a snack. Go ahead. Eat me. <laughs> right? It's kind of crazy. It's gross, actually, to think about that. So I'm not suggesting that your narcissist or psychopath is going to have sex with you and then eat you for a midnight snack or something. There is, however, a similar dynamic taking place. They mate with you to consume your fuel your supply it's the one most powerful one one of the most powerful ways that they can get this fuel and it's a motivating thing in, in all of their lives they feed on their target metaphorically energetically spiritually and through sex and they use it to bind you to them so you will not escape when the going gets rough that's exactly right so let me end with this. We're going to talk about how not to get played by a narcopath, which is some kind of narcissistic hybrid with a sociopath and psychopath. I've got like a little percentage of all those things mixed up together into one big package of, hmm. So these guys, the narcissist, sociopaths, and psychopaths are not capable of experiencing any of the things we just talked about being human they are great actors and shapeshifters who pretend to possess all of these human qualities but they don't really get it they are the old they're just mirroring they're reflecting and mimicking and parroting and um you get the idea the um so their core their core being does not understand and cannot experience these things they live in a delusional alternative reality we're not talking about the multiverse here we're talking about a delusional alternate reality that draws their partner into what is known as the shared fantasy yes that's what it's called when we're delusional with them they're we're down the rabbit hole you know alice in wonderland style that's what that's called it's not real right? It's very twisted, convoluted, like just a little piece of the truth, but then the rest of it is just really messed up. Messed up. So what can you do to avoid being victimized by these clever chameleons? Well, here we go through my list real quick. Number one, um, what you can do. Believe what they tell you. This is number one. Believe what they tell you at the beginning. 
Mm -hmm. They will almost always give you a warning or confess that their relationships never succeed or just something. You need to believe them when they first tell you this at the beginning and then resist the temptation to try to fix them or heal them or change them. It cannot be done. If they prepare you early, they can blame you later and say things like, I warned you that I can never be faithful, but you didn't believe it. So I had to devalue and then discard you. It's really all your fault. Yeah. So think about that. Number two, what can you do to avoid this happening to you? You can create firm and healthy boundaries. Can't underestimate that. That's super important to have healthy boundaries. Learn to say no. And no means no. Did I stutter? What part of that did you not understand? I said no. Stop. You know, you got to be able to get that commanding tone going on there. They will move fast and boundaries will be breached along the way. Slow down. Stand firm. Say no when you need to. And do not be swept away. Tornadoes work like that. Floods. They just take everything away, leaving devastation where they go. The narcopath is going to test your boundaries early on to see how much you will take. They may try to shock you or do or say something and then watch your response. They will talk about sex a lot of the time, something vulgar or inappropriate, and then they will check your reaction. If you have strong boundaries, then they're going to move along to an easier target. So should not be flattered by their attention. You should not think you've won a prize if you get them to pick you. You know, my gosh, it's like going into a, a you know, the lobster tank at <laughs> Red Lobster, places like that where you're supposed to pick your lobster, the one that's going to get boiled alive back in the kitchen. And they, I hear they scream and their eyeballs pop out. All kinds of crazy shit happens, you know, when you boil a lobster alive. Well, it's like that. It's like you are in this tank with other lobsters, which would be other potential mates for the narcissist. And to be picked by them, to be chosen, that is not a compliment to be flattered and like, oh, oh, oh he picked me. Yeah, to boil you alive until your eyeballs pop out. Um, and so, yeah, that, that, that is not a compliment. Number three. Save the sex. Just save it. Wait for an appropriate time later. As you get to know each other later. Relationships begin that begin with swift sexual congress. They rarely survive. And with a 50% of relationships ending in divorce court, I think you're stacking the odds when you hop into the sack so quick. You're almost guaranteeing. And of course there's exceptions. But I think that you're increasing the odds for failure when you do that because relationships based on sex fail. They fail because when all the exciting new glitter wears off, you're just some boring, boring thing that they're not interested in. They want to go get something else that's much more exciting than you. So you have to build it from the ground up. Solid foundations, you know. These predators use weapons of mass seduction. They use sex to control you, manipulate you, cloud your judgment. So keep your panties on until um, respect, trust, and, <laughs> and a background search have been achieved. 
maybe a test for STDs. That's always a good one too. Don't forget the COVID test or a vaccine. Um, you got to be careful, guys. Once they get you in bed, they know they've got you. And then you're going you're gonna to surrender your power. Ta-da, game over. Number four, what you can do to just protect yourself and not have a problem is to surround yourself with family and friends and do not let this narcopath isolate you or come between you and your relationships because, oh, they will. If they warn you, believe them. They often see what you cannot. I'm talking about the other people, the friends and the family. If they tell you, what is wrong with this person and what's wrong with you believing them and dating them and marrying them and having babies with them. It's like, what is, you know, we see it. Why don't you see it? You should believe them. If you have more than one person all telling you that, they know something that you don't. You should listen. They see what you can't. And uh, if you're put in a position where you have to choose, always choose your family member and the lifelong friend over the narcopath, no matter how powerful he's got you under the spell or she has you under the spell, no matter how powerful, just say no. Just say no. They are like wolves picking off the vulnerable. Uh, and so there's safety in numbers. Believe it. Stay close to the herd. And maybe you won't get plucked off. Maybe you won't be back there in the boiling water. There's safety in numbers. Okay, so one more, one more thing you can do. Number five, accept that they are incapable of ever, ever claiming their humanity and becoming functional, healthy individuals. Accept that everything you thought was real and perfect was neither. One, neither one of those things. Accept that they never cared about you and only idealized some snapshot, one-dimensional paper doll version of you in the beginning, and then over time, they begin to loathe you, just hate you. Accept that their cruel discard of you brought an opportunity for you to seek wholeness and healing by releasing your trauma, by healing your inner child, and by working on your own issues. Replace your toxic programming and all the poisonous scripts that you've carried since childhood, activated by beliefs that bound you to this person, you have to accept the truth and the reality of what this is. So, um, don't be a victim of the slam bam F you ma'am, because it's not what you think it is and your feelings, your emotions are tricking you and deceiving you. And, um, and you don't want that to happen. You want a, you want a happily ever after. You don't want to get into this thing with uh, a disordered person. So uh, that's my message for you that tonight um, and, or today, whatever time you're listening to this. And uh, please come to my website. Check me out. Um, listen to more podcasts. Read my articles. Uh, sometimes it's easier to digest the contents if you're reading them instead of just listening. Of course, listening frees you up where you can be cooking dinner or driving in your car on your commute and doing a million other things. Sometimes it's nice to just sit down and read something. And this is all stuff we're trying to know. 
so that we can be aware of a growing um, problem and uh, the whole the whole world is changing guys and we have to learn learn some survival skills and learning this is is um, falls under that category so everybody be safe out there it's a dangerous place to be right now in this world and take care of yourself guard yourself protect yourself from from predators and from all harm and do the same for your children for your family members for the people who depend on you please don't let them down please don't stand by them believe them and uh and let that narcissist go before it's too late if you spend a long time with them they're going to do a number on your head like you will just not believe and then it's going to affect every part of your life in a very negative way in ways you can't even imagine if it's already happened to you then know this and moving forward work on growing those boundaries and doing those other things because they work for everybody. Okay. All right. That's it, everybody. I'll talk to you soon. Much love. Bye-bye.